0: Why is Joe Polizzi, the godfather of content marketing, founder of the Content Marketing Institute and Content Marketing World, why is he so excited about the creator economy, so excited that he is launching an event, actually the first event about the creator economy? Well, you'll just have to tune into this next episode of the Your Digital Marketing Coach podcast
1: to find out. Digital, social media, content influencer, marketing, blogging, podcasting, vlogging, TikToking, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, SEO, SEM, PPC, email marketing. Whew. There's a lot to cover. Whether you're a marketing professional, entrepreneur, or business owner, you need someone you can rely on for expert advice. Good thing you've got Neil on your side. Because Neil Schaefer is your, your digital, digital marketing, marketing coach. coach, helping you grow your business with digital first marketing, one episode at a time. This is your digital marketing coach, and this is Neil Schaefer.
0: Hey, everybody, welcome to episode number 251 of the Your Digital Marketing Coach podcast. I am Neil Schaefer your digital marketing coach. And as always, thank you for joining me for today's conversation. Today is a very special interview with an old friend, one of those, well, absolute thought leaders, but also one of the nicest people that you will meet in marketing or anywhere, Joe Polizzi. Joe has an amazing past, and we're gonna actually talk about it uh, at depth in our interview. But we also talk about... What is this thing called the creator economy? We also talk a little bit about the relationship, the overlap with influencer marketing that I covered on a previous podcast episode, but then we go into sort of the future and maybe the future of the creator economy is also the future of social media marketing. We do talk about things like the metaverse, web 3.0 and NFTs, things that I don't normally talk about, things that I have starting to formulate ideas about, but I really like the way that Joe looks at him. And I think it's going to be really, really educational for all of us. So without further ado, let's get to the interview with Joe Polizzi.
1: You're listening to Your Digital Marketing Coach. This is Neil Schaefer.
0: Joe Polizzi, welcome to the Your Digital Marketing Coach podcast.
2: Neil, it is great to see you again. How have you
0: been? It's been crazy, hasn't it? Um, oh, and- God. You know This episode is really all about you and and your evolution. And just to give the listener, if you go back to right when coronavirus started, uh, Joe was on the show talking about Corona marketing. Now, those of you that know Joe, a, a lot of people like myself talk about him being the godfather of content marketing, founder of Content Marketing World, author of a lot of great books. And recently, he did a republication of Content Inc. And the last time I talked to you was actually with Amanda Russell on the School of Influence. And we were talking about that term content entrepreneur and how you really wanted to ride that term and be known for it. And, and after I started using that term in my own circles, a lot of people nodded like, yeah, we are content entrepreneurs. And then fast forward to about a month ago, someone in my mastermind group, Angela Long, I'll give her a shout out. Goes, yeah, Neil, have you heard of Creator Economy Expo? It's put on my Joe Polizzi, only 500 people. You know, I got my ticket. Are you going? I'm like, hell yeah. So I didn't even know what I was getting myself into. <laughs> I go to the page, I see an epic collection of people I've always wanted to see speak. Roberto Blake, Jeremiah Oyong, I mean, and, and old people, not old people, you know, people that I've, I see a lot of, but I would always love to see more of like Anne Hanley, obviously yourself, uh, just a great collection of people all centered around what is now called the creator economy, which is still very new to a lot of people. And we talked about it beforehand. There, there's like an overlap with influencer marketing. I talked about this in the age of influence, but Joe. This tremendous evolution. You could say my podcast as well has evolved into your digital marketing coach from maximize your social, maximize your social influence. But obviously, you've had a similar evolution. Tell me about this evolution from, from content marketing to corona marketing to content entrepreneur and now creator.
2: Thank you. Yeah, you know, you know some of the story. I mean, I you know founded Content Marketing Institute and uh, you know did that for almost a decade. Had a very successful exit. Uh, We sold mostly because of Content Marketing World became a very large, significant event. Still is. We sold to a company called UBM, who's an events company, and then I stayed on at CMI until 2017, and then I took a sabbatical year in 18, and I was done with marketing. Neil, you know, you know the story. I'm like, good. I'm going to to
0: best selling fiction author as well, right? (laughs) What (laughs) (laughs) happened?
2: It's funny. I mean, it's sort of funny, I guess, if if you have a significant other like this, but I always wanted my wife to read something. I wrote six books in the past, all on marketing, and my wife never read any of those books outside of the acknowledgements. And I said, what do I have to do for me to write something that you'll actually read? Saying this to my wife. And she said, write something interesting. And I'm like, oh, geez. So, So I said, "Okay, I know you like mysteries and thrillers. I'm going to write one. And by the way, probably one of the hardest things I've ever done writing a fiction novel is much different than writing nonfiction, which is very second nature to me. So figured that out, uh, came out with the will to die, started launching an audio in 19 and then launched the actual launch party for the will to die was March 8th of 2020. I'll just let that sit with everybody from a timetable <laughs> standpoint. And cause I was, going to just write novels for, you know, the rest of my career. I'm like, okay, this is my second career. This is what I want to do.
0: Yeah, I didn't think you were coming back to marketing, my friend. At that, point.
2: I was not, I was not, I was, I was done. I was like, this is it. I, I had my exit. I've affected people in positively in that way. And I'm going to try
0: something else. And then. Top of the world with your dad as well.
2: Oh yeah. I mean this, yeah. You know about the, you know, I did the sabbatical year and when I, and then I took a trip to Sicily my father it's one of those once in a lifetime things we spent two years over there we we met 60 members of our family we'd never met before wow it was just one of those things that i'm so happy that we did it at that moment and by the way just to just to say this for for anyone out there if you're thinking about taking a trip with your parents or with your aunts or uncles or whatever do it now like don't wait you never know what's going to happen i'm so glad in 2018 i took that trip with my father. So, yeah. And, and I was not, I was along that path with, with saying, okay, I'm going to do something new. And then Corona marketing comes along. I did Corona marketing in, in response to COVID-19. And the only reason I did that with Neil and you know, the story is I started to get emails as you did, right. Emails, texts. Do do? <laughs> yeah. Like, what do I do? I, I just lost my job or I'm going into a new job or I quit my job or whatever. And they, they basically, everything was around, Joe, does that content Inc. model you wrote in 15, is that still a thing? Does it still work? And I said, okay, y- yeah. And I'm reaching out. And then I actually checked my book sales and my book sales were up. This is a 2015 book. My book sales should not be up. They just sell at a consistent level and right. it's an older book. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. And then I went to uh, look at my podcast stats, my podcast content Inc., which I stopped producing in 2017 podcast listens were up. I said, that's no way something's wrong. Like is somebody doing a promotion that I don't know about? And really it was, there was a renewed interest in this idea of how do we build an audience using all the things that we know? Cause everyone was staying home at that time. A lot of people did lose their jobs. And I said, okay, maybe there's an opportunity for me to help people a little bit more than what I was doing, writing mysteries and thrillers. And, and then, as you know, Neil, I jumped back into it. Decided, you know, got back in, you know, launched our own social token, got into Web3 big time, launched our own social token, Tilt Coin, That was in March of 21. Launched okay. the Tilt, a two-time-a-week two newsletter for content entrepreneurs, content creators who want to be content entrepreneurs. And then I just said, might as well do the whole thing. Let's launch the event as well. So, Creator Economy Expo, March uh, or May 2nd to 4th, um, coming up here, 2022. And, and wanted it to be, you know, we don't know. What's coronavirus going to be like at that time? What's COVID going to be like? So we said, let's limit it to 500 people. We'll do it in Arizona where we can do a lot of things outside. So I'm back in. They just keep pulling me back in. I don't know what to
0: tell you. So I won't say coronavirus has been good to you because it's not been good to anybody, but it did bring you back in and give you renewed focus. I should say your energy to do this.
2: Yeah. And, and basically, and, and I spent 20 years working with marketers, mostly at very large companies and them trying to figure out their content marketing. Now I'm working with people that are just like me. They're, they're trying to build an audience. Uh, they're just consistently delivering a blog or a podcast or a YouTube or Twitch or whatever they do. And then they're trying to monetize that. There is a model. I mean, the model, t- as you know, take, you know, takes three years, takes four years, takes five years. There's an exit plan. And I basically, that's why I rewrote Content Inc., I came out in 21, you know, doing the whole thing, trying to help this group of people. And really, when it comes down to my take, maybe versus a lot of different people, is I don't like what's going on with content creators being so focused on social platforms. Mm -hmm. When those social platforms then make the changes, as they always do, we call it rented land. You don't have much of a business model. So we're trying to help teach people. No, nothing wrong with using social media. I'm all for it. But you have to have a secondary strategy to move off email. That's why I love web three so much. There's a lot of opportunities there. We don't know what all those are yet. We're learning, but, but there's something there. So I'm sort of on the, you know, I'm the guy saying, don't build your content house on rented land. I'm the guy saying, how about your email list? How about your website? You know, those types of things so that you can build a business that ultimately, if you want to, you can have a successful exit with someday.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I, I first saw you speak at Adobe Summit in Las Vegas, like, I don't oh, know, man. five years ago. ago. Yeah, and yeah, you were talking about things like email marketing, exactly what you're talking about now. And that's what i found after COVID was what was old is new again. These fundamental things, you know, people chasing, marketers chasing the shiny new objects of, of TikTok and Instagram and, and quote unquote influencers when they didn't have their own digital house in order. And it's interesting because when I wrote the age of influence, you know, influence, a lot of people yielded influence from social media, but what about podcasters? What about bloggers? What about YouTubers? Right. Um, It wasn't just from those temporary places where you're on that hamster wheel of content. Although we could say YouTubers, bloggers, podcasters are as well, but not to the extent, I think. Um, And that, that notion you're on rented land. there's just a lot out of your control. And maybe that's where the difference of, you know, the way we look at social media influencers and content entrepreneurs, content creators, maybe that's one of the big differences. I wanted to dig a little bit deeper into that because we've heard a lot about this term. And I think I recorded an episode a little while ago about, you know, influencer marketing, its relationship to the creator economy. I wanted to get your take. You went from talking about content entrepreneur to talking about content creator. I guess let's start with how would you define that? What is like, you know, the mission of this creator economy expo? Who are you serving and how are you serving them?
2: And by the way, the, the core really is to me, content entrepreneur. I believe that is the term. It's a new term. I think it'll catch on at some point. I'm going to continue to use it. But if I look at, so we were, we, you just went through three terms. There are three three phrases. There is if, you, if you say, okay, well, we've got content entrepreneurs, we've got content creators, and we've got the creator economy. So creator economy is the big thing. The creator economy is the entire industry. That includes all the platforms, all the creators, everything, all the, the tech providers, everything that's going on at one time. The content creator is the engine behind that. But if I say content creator, I don't know what that means, Dale. That that could be my mom. My mom's on Facebook. She's a content creator. So what's the difference between her and what you and I do? Well, we're doing it full time. We do it as part of a business. We're trying to build an audience and monetize an audience. Not all content creators do that. And then if you're getting into influencer marketing, the same thing. You could be an influencer and not be a regular content creator. You And, and this, this is the issue, and you've been in influencer marketing forever. You know this better than I do. That's where I get concerned with people just focus on influencer marketing, because at the end of the day, when you look at the business assets behind an influencer, they're always tied to a bigger platform for the most part. So when I look at, if I'm doing a, an audit of somebody's business, a content creator's business, I want to look at, okay, let's look at your website. Let's look at where you're ranking for search. Let's look at your email list. Let's look at your opt-in email list. How, How is that going? And then we have something that we can work with. So for example, let's say the New York Times ended up selling. They wouldn't say, okay, how many pieces of content does the New York Times have? And let's monetize that per content. And then we've got a number. You know what they look at? They look at how much revenue is coming from that email list. Sure. Because that's really the driver behind everything that they do. And that's basically what a media company does. I'm trying to do something with creator economy that hasn't been. That's why we went out and said, okay, creator economy expo, because when people are looking for the right now, they're looking at creator economy. I think the first thought is the platforms. Yeah. And I think that's wrong. I think the first thought should be these content entrepreneurs. So, okay, we're trying to scooch in here, maybe in a place that we don't belong, but I'd rather do that because if you look, as you mentioned, all the people speaking and the people that are attending, Uh, creator economy expo these are people that want to do this full-time and are doing it full-time and are building their own audiences and they're all their little media companies we don't have we don't have influencers now could a content creator be an influencer absolutely could an influencer be a content creator but immediately that says something specific if you look at some of the media companies out there that cover the creator economy space just look at the content what are they covering they're covering facebook meta they're covering youtube instagram um TikTok. And there's nothing wrong with that, but that's not who's driving everything. That's web two. That's everything has gone to these platforms and we've got to move into web three and put more focus on the content creators.
0: Would you say, so, you know, when I think of web three, I think of meta NFTs, is that is is web three. And this is the first time I've talked about it on this podcast. Sure. Is that solely like the creator economy? I guess you're, you're creating something out of nothing and people are paying for it. Is that just the ultimate of the creator economy? ultimate the the end goal or
2: i think it's part of it i don't know if it's the ultimate yet what i know so if you look at web what we would call web 2 web 2 all the the power and all the money went to these big social platforms and the users the creators the users basically lifted them up and gave them all that power yeah i'm not saying that's right or wrong i'm just saying that's what happened so as we move into web 3 we've got this thing called the token a token on a blockchain that, that's publicly viewable, verifiable. And you're like, okay, what, what could a creator do with a token? Now we see the tech right now. We see social tokens, like we have our own social token in Tilcoin. You see the non-fungible tokens, NFTs, where people think of overpriced JPEGs. You've got a lot of things going on there. But I think what we're missing, and, and this is all about experimental, I'm really, and that's why we have a whole track on it at, at CEX. I'm trying to figure out, Could this be the next big business model for content creators? You're seeing things, I'll give you an example, like RAC. RAC is a musician. RAC, pretty popular musician. I think in the last year, got over 3 million streams on Spotify. RAC made more off of selling five NFTs to benefactors, to five different people, than to making money off of those 3 million streams. So I just want you to think about that. We're talking about not even Kevin Kelly's 1,000 true fans. We may be into what Lee Jin calls 100 true fans or less. So what I love with the token is the opportunity for a business model that doesn't need a million followers like you have to have on YouTube or TikTok to make a living. You can make a living off of 100 people, super fans. And now the token makes that possible for people that want to invest in you. And I also like the opportunity where if I'm building a community, that community can have a piece of ownership of something that I'm doing as well as a creator. I think that's magical. Now, there's a lot of bad stuff going. I'm not saying there's there isn't bad stuff going on with NFTs. There's rug pulls. There's a lot of uh, a lot of funny business going on because there's a lot of money to be made, and so th- great. But just like what happened with the web in 2000, 2001, you had a lot of bad stuff going on, but you also had Amazon. You also had eBay. You had a lot of great things that are happening and and I don't want people to miss that. So my recommendation is let's experiment, let's see, but this is really something new that can move content creators from being totally dependent on social platforms.
0: Well, I, so my take is if you look at the different ways that you can monetize your IP, there's many different things you could do, right? You could you know, have a blog, sell advertising, affiliate marketing, you could sell books, you get hired to be uh, you know, a speaker, consultant, what have you. Yeah. So I suppose NFT is one part of that, right? It, it is something else that you could offer and it's tradable, exchangeable, yes. could go up in price, could go down in price, right? Um, I think that it's really interesting. I have a, a daughter and a son, my son is a freshman in high school and he wants to be an entrepreneur, right? So he's planning this like entrepreneurial contest, planning with his friend. And I'm like, well, you know, how are you going to make money for this? Oh, you know, we'll just get money from NFTs. So- it's funny how a younger generation sees it. it. It's not like money that's just hanging on trees. The technology's there yeah. right to be able to help you create these, but then who's going to buy them? How are they going to value you? And what do they get for it outside of something they can put in their digital wallet if there is something else, right?
2: Well, that's a great point. The point you're making is is that I think you have to build the
0: audience and the community first. Still, that's the thing, Joe, because everybody comes to me. I get a lot of content entrepreneurs will use the term coming to me and they want to sell a book. They want to sell a course, but they don't have an audience. How are you going to sell it if you don't have an audience paid media, right? I mean, you got to build an audience. So I think the concept is the same. And I think what's really interesting, Joe, maybe you already know this. I- I'm sure you do, but the content entrepreneur and the way that businesses need to operate in digital and social media is the same. Absolutely. Right. Companies monetize their products and services by building that that following the same way that a content creator would. In fact, every business needs to become a content creator. Exactly.
2: This is marketing today, right? Yes. Yeah. You you can, if you are a, a content creator, you want to be a content entrepreneur, you build you generally build that audience first and then you monetize through mostly direct ways. Like you said, I can speak, I can consult, I can, I can create a web event, I can create a real event, advertising, whatever. The difference with a traditional brand or a marketer, they don't use direct ways, they use indirect ways. Oh, I'm going to build an audience and then I'm going to sell products or services, or I'm going to do it for loyalty or better yield for my customers. Those are content marketing ROI initiatives, if you will. But it's all the same. Like Once you build that loyal audience, you have 10 different ways that you can generate revenue and then you can choose which of those ways. I think the best way to do it is to not launch a product first, is to actually build the audience first, listen to your audience, and then they will tell you what they're going to buy, or they will be open to what you're you're going to buy. I think that probably the reason why our social, to your point about building a community first, our social token was probably successful because of the fact that I already had an audience. If I didn't already have an audience, of course, I can't, I mean, you can see, look, I mean, we're part of the rally.io community. Look at all the, and you know, a lot of the people that have tokens, look at the ones that are successful and look at the ones that aren't the ones that are successful already have an audience and get this. They usually have a pretty good email list. So it's interesting how this works together and, and it all, and really is it's, the, the difference is when you put in Web3 over the 10 different things, you can integrate your token into everything else that you do. Because you could decide, I'm going all in with Web3 and I'm going to take, you can pay for it, NFTs or tokens with sponsorship, events, everything else that you would normally do, you could do with the token. You're going to see a lot of hybrid models to start with where they're going to say, I have an NFT project over here. That's what you're going to see right now until people fully buy in and say, oh, there's a full business model here around Web3.
0: Buy a token, get a free book, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's an
2: yeah, that's, and that's what you're seeing. Oh, or, buy, or, or, or buy 20 tokens and I'll give you an hour of consulting. You're doing this. It's sort of, we don't exactly know what the model is yet. We're sort of in the, you know, we're moving from television to a mobile device. We don't exactly know what television is anymore.
0: Well, Well, thank you. Because there's, I, I just see, it's really interesting. I see a lot of people that we know in the space are all of a sudden talking all about NFTs as if they know all the answers when we don't know the answers, right? Yeah. And I think it's it's good to uh, to keep sane here. Although I, I, I will say that back uh, Thanksgiving time, there was a large consumer brand that reached out to me as part of an influencer marketing uh, campaign for their NFTs. So brands are definitely uh, getting into it as well. And, you know, that will definitely uh, help fuel the market. So something we should all have on our radar. And wow, yeah. I mean, Creator Economy Expo is a great way to see it. And, and I suppose the interesting thing is that if you're a business listening to this podcast, you know, creators try to monetize their following. You try to monetize your customers as a business, right? So it's, it's the same thing. And I think even if you're a business, you shouldn't be shy about coming and putting on a creator account because I think it's only going to be beneficial for your business. Well, I'm we're sure.
2: all, and to point, and no matter what size business you are, you're creating content that you have some people that are monetizing it and showing return, and you have most people that aren't. Most people, most businesses, as you know, are creating a lot of different content in a lot of different places. They have no real core strategy for what they're doing. And it's just a clutter. That's why it's so hard for really good content creators to break through because there's so much horrible clutter out there. So, you know, my advice on that would be, let's get rid of some of this stuff. Let's focus on being great. And we talked about this in the last podcast, focus on being great at one or two things (laughs) instead of just throwing your content all over everywhere, because we because we can do it, we should. And that's the biggest thing that's wrong with going on with, with content creation right now. It's just content run amok. And yeah. then what's, what's successful are the individuals that are focusing on really one platform, become like mastering that platform, mastering what we call a content tilt, a differentiation
0: area. They're building an audience and then they're monetizing and then they're, they're diversifying later. Yeah. You know, I, just two episodes ago, I recorded an episode on the, the one biggest thing you can do to have impact with your content. I said it's actually giving a shite. It's caring because yeah. the businesses that are doing a lot, creating a lot, like they don't care. They're hiring writers who do research. They just want to sell a product. The perspective is just about to sell the product. And it's interesting because if you look at YouTube search results, it's mainly owned by creators, right? For a lot of things, we don't see that in search engines for web content yet. But I see that day coming as well. When more yeah. and more of us are creating better and better content, I was on, I've been on a mission, Joe, for the last two years to take on the mediocre content that's out there and beat them in search engine rankings. And I'm very proud to say I've I've beat them for a lot of different keywords. I've seen my rankings go up. So I know it's possible, but it's because I care with every piece of content. And that's what, that's what, if you really want to be successful in the creator economy, it's, you got to have that heart and soul, right?
2: Well, you care and you, you care. And because you care, you differentiate. Yes. And like, let's, let's take another subject where companies that we don't have relationships with. So if we look at Uh, if we, if we look at great uh,
0: companies, by the way, don't get me wrong. Oh,
2: good. Yeah. (laughs) But look at something like cloud computing. Sure. Like, like literally anybody wants to do this, look at, type in cloud computing and see the companies that come up, IBM, Salesforce, uh, Amazon, like Like down the the list. Yeah. You, you tell me if you can discern a difference between the content with any of those companies. They're all, it's all the same. I could take content from Amazon's and throw it on Salesforce and nobody would know the difference. There's no tilt. There's no differentiation. That is a problem. Like somebody said, check the box. We got to have a cloud computing post. Let's put a ton of money behind it so it's found. That, to your point, I think is a temporary phenomenon. I think you're going to start seeing creators that really have something interesting to say. You're going to see those bump up in the next two to five years. And by the way, Google's still using very old yeah. algorithm poor. I mean they they're they're the ones I mean when TikTok has this amazing algorithm Google still leans toward content that's been around for a long long time so that's that's
0: another reason. This is true but I would I would argue and I would urge those and I say if you go to the search engine rankings and you see something that's just completely out of date or wrong <laughs> or very old that's that I believe is also opportunity, right? Yes, absolutely. To create great content and get a So the tilt, niching the tilt, tilt, differentiation, perspective, niche. I I assume there's some overlap there. How would you sort of differentiate between the two?
2: Um, You mean just talking about the content tilt itself or the tilt, our company?
0: The tilt, the name of your company and, and, you know, having a perspective versus having a niche.
2: Yeah. um, They can go hand in hand. It really depends. So if you said, so if I say, what are the two biggest problems with companies that try to build an audience? One is they don't have a content tilt. They don't have a true differentiation area. And the second is they don't deliver consistently over a long period of time. Those are the two things. I mean, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So we know about the consistency. If we come back to the differentiation area, you've got to say, all right, and that's where the tilt comes from. It's so important. Like, what is your hook? That's really what we're saying. What's, okay. what's the must-see TV for your audience? That should be you. Because I want you to be the leading informational expert over your particular niche that you're going after. You could do that a lot of different ways. You could do that. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm going to focus on a, a different audience. I'm going to focus on a different content area. I'm going to focus on a different platform. You might say, oh, hey, there's there's nobody. There's no digital marketing coaches on Twitch. I'm going to be the one that streams. Might be an opportunity. We were talking about YouTube short, uh, shorts before the show. Maybe right. there's something on YouTube shorts. There's nobody there. So those types of things, there's always something. And it takes sometimes months to really find that you really have to set those listening posts with your customers and figure out what is the area? What's what's that pain point that you can solve that nobody else can? This is why it's it takes time. Media is tough. Keep creating content, building an audience is not easy because you can't just say what you want to say. You have to focus on the needs of your audience. And really. And that's I mean, it is the, the perfect example of customer support. Like that's, all, that's what you're doing. You're really trying to solve your
0: customer's problems, except not with your product, with information. Well put. So I guess, yeah, I was, I was thinking of the tilt a different way, but it's, it's really the content tilt. It's that unique way in which what you talk about, how you talk about it. Yeah. You're and, why, it. yeah
2: and, and, and along with your, your purpose and your mission and all the things you're like, why are we doing this in the first place? Yeah. Like we're doing it because we're trying to help a group of people live a better life or get a better job. How are we going to do that? And then you go to the what? The what's later. You know, let's talk about the why. Everybody gets the why wrong. Like, why are we doing this in the first place? Are you, if you're saying, oh, we want to sell more widgets, you're in trouble. <laughs> like, you're already not going to do it. Like, really, when you want to say, oh, man, I really care about those group of people. And I really want to help them. And I want to help them do this. Great. You've got yourself a content mission of some type. And then you say, how am I going to do that? How am I going to tell those stories? That's secondary. Gotcha.
0: So fast forward, I, as we come to the close of the podcast, I want to make sure we talk a little bit about Creator Economy Expo. So obviously it's coming up uh, in May and I'm going to be there. Obviously you're going to be there. I hope that all the listeners can join us. Tell me, how did you decide to choose the people that you chose to speak there? It's, it's an eclectic group of people. They're all amazing people, but I'm just very curious. Like Jeremiah Oyang, I saw I saw speak in the Silicon Valley like a decade ago. I really haven't seen him speak since at an event like the, for instance, right? Roberto Blake, I think like the YouTuber. Yeah. And I've never seen him speak. Really excited to see him because I've, I've heard him on podcasts. He's incredible. Um, what was sort of the, what was your mission in, in bringing together this collective elect- group of people?
2: Well, to be honest with you. So I, as you know, I've been in the event industry for like 15 years, a long time. I've learned a lot. And we had an opportunity to create this brand new event. And I said, okay, if we're going to do this, I want to get the, the leading experts in the world. I I absolutely like who can talk about creator economy and YouTube better than anyone else in the world? world. That's Roberto Blake. Who can talk about the business of podcasting better than anyone else in the world? Jordan Harbinger. Perfect. He's fantastic. Who could talk about writing as your superpower better than anyone else in the world? You know, the answer and Hanley, (laughs) right? Who's going to talk about how you can take all your, your content build up an enterprise and then ultimately sell that Brian Clark has done that better than anyone else. You know, I've done that. I'm going to be talking about that as well since we had a successful exit. You know, Kaylee Moore, who set up amazing content teams. She's done that. You know, th- th- we've I've just looked at, we're going to cover this answer to this question. And we went out and made a list and said, who can do that? And the only reason we don't have you there is because we don't have one on influencer marketing. Hey, <laughs> man.
0: If we uh, did, you would be speaking. I'm just a humble little guy. I'm just excited to, you know, I'm just excited because of the people that are speaking. And I know it's going to attract people that I want to hang with and I want to network with and engage with and learn from. So I'm just really excited about the community that's going to evolve from there. Um, for all of you listening, uh, if you go to, this is my little plug, little affiliate link in full disclosure, but uh, Joe has hooked me up to hook you up. If you go to nealshaper.com slash C-E-X, you can actually save $150 on attending and you know it all adds up. So. That's $150 you could be spending on, you know, a microphone for your podcasting, uh, a ring light for your video, whatever it is. So uh, even if you don't click the link or obviously type in the link, I do hope you can make it. And if you're in the Phoenix area and you can't make it, let's hang out. So I'll end there, Joe. uh, Anything else we should know about what's in the pipeline after Creator Economy Expo? what's, uh, What's happening in the second half of 2022?
2: You know, I'm, I'm honestly with the tilt and everything else we're doing, I'm totally dedicated to, to helping content creators become content entrepreneurs. That's my my business mission. Uh, that's what we focus on. I've got a lot of like Orange Effect Foundation and speech therapy. We do all those. So I do a lot of other things as well. Um, re-releasing Epic Content Marketing, my book, that'll come nice. out in 23. So just, you know, Neil, I, now that I'm not writing <laughs> uh, fiction fiction books anymore, I'm back in the game and I'm back in hundred percent. So here we are. We're just trying to be as helpful as we can. So I'm just really looking forward to seeing you in a couple of months.
0: And you're republishing one of the least understood, most powerful types of, of, of content marketing, right? Repurposing, republishing. I love it. Uh, it's something that I want to do more of as well. So thank you for thank leading you. away there.
2: No, thank you. I appreciate it.
0: All right, Joe, well, we'll see you in Phoenix and thanks again. All right, I hope you enjoyed the interview as much as I did. He's really a pleasure to speak with, and with every conversation, I learn more and more. So definitely a guest that I look forward to having on regularly. This is already his second time uh, appearing on the podcast, as I mentioned before, but hopefully provided a lot of value to all of you. And we discussed a lot of these buzzwords that we hear a lot about And there is no authority on the subject. The subject is still sort of being formed as we go. So I hope that if any of that interested you, whether you are a entrepreneur, a marketer, maybe someone that's trying to become more influential in your space, I think that the Creator Economy Expo is going to be a great show for that. Or if you're a business that wants to learn how to tap into the Creator Economy, I think it's going to be a great show event as well. Make sure you go to neilshafer.com slash C E X to get your $150 discount. I will be there. I'm going to give another shout out to Angela Long from the digital first mastermind community. I know she's going to be there and uh would love to see you there as well. Well, that's it for another episode. I want to thank you all for your reviews on Apple Podcasts and the other platforms. Please make sure that if you haven't, maybe you found this episode through a search, that you hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss further episodes, I really hope that this becomes sort of this no fluff digital and social media marketing podcast that I know a lot of you you don't have a lot of time you know investing and listening to a podcast is a major investment in your time and I realize that and I don't want to waste your time and I only want to provide real value-packed episode. So if you're appreciative of that, I'd really appreciate your subscription. And, you know, if you want a place where you can talk about these things, where you can understand at a conversational level with other marketers, entrepreneurs, business owners, how to leverage all this for your own business, please consider joining my Digital First Mastermind. If you haven't been to my website recently, if you go to neilshafer.com membership, you'll see the homepage. It is now an easy process. There used to have to be an application. Now you can basically subscribe and join straight from the website. It's a, well, very, very low monthly fee. And well, we'll be able to chat, you know, weekly on these Zoom calls that we do, as well as the private Slack community so that you get answers to your digital and social media marketing questions. I'll stop there, everybody. As always, this is your digital marketing coach, Neil Schaefer, signing
1: out. You've been listening to Your Digital Marketing Coach. Questions, comments, requests